project is a 75 hour um, crucible for men to demonstrate their fortitude and perseverance. They drag you through the pits of hell on earth. Being aware of the hours we have in the day and where our time is going is the main and primary focus that's going to allow you to have a sense of freedom to direct your attention where it needs to be. Welcome to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. We are creating a community of men, fathers, and husbands who are pursuing greatness and refusing average. It is up to us to change the future, and it starts at home. Lou Zimic, did I pronounce it right? Yeah, you got it right. Thanks for having me. Okay, excellent. Yeah, welcome, man. I'm excited to chat. And one of the main reasons I wanted to reach out is watching you through the project, which is uh, something I want to talk about. Huge achievement, man. You graduated that program. And if there's one thing I can say about it from looking from the outside, it's not easy. And so the fact that you you know, stood up to the plate and, you know, applied to be part of it, went through it and actually came out alive is really cool. And then of course, we're connected through Apogee Strong with Matt Bodro. And so we have a lot in common there. So between that and the project graduation, I definitely look at you as a, a man of greatness, a father of greatness. And so I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about that. So welcome. Well, thank you, Joseph. I mean, that's what we're all striving for, right? Um, it's the point of Apogee, and there's a lot of work that goes into being an Apogee man. So we're the founding fathers, class one, and there's a lot of people, uh, hopefully they'll be following in our footsteps and joining the ranks and doing good things for their kids and their wives and for sure their broader communities. Um, yeah, the project, wow. Um so leading up to the project, I did my best to avoid watching all the sizzle reels and the stuff that was on Instagram because sure. you know, there's nothing quite like getting nothing quite like getting psyched out, right? Um, right. So I focused, I, I focused on the work that I knew needed to be done, right? So the training and uh, the mindset. I would say that the first quarter of the year with Apogee was a huge benefit that I had. Um, sure. that that transformation especially on the mindset side of things and how we approach things how we look at scenarios um whether we're internalizing problems or or just kind of taking things as they are from the outside from an outside perspective things that are coming in you're either going to let it bounce off your chest or you're going to let it knock you down right what is it going to be uh right. the project now uh, you're aware that there's a class going through right now, class 18. Yes, and Yes. I've been um, following. Yeah. So now that I've put that experience behind me, I can safely watch the project via, you know, the Instagram stories and stuff. And I got to say like these guys, the guys are just getting hammered out there. They're really, yeah. it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting it's perspective to watch from the sidelines, you know, for sure. And so it, for those that, that don't know, Share a summary of what the project is. You know, Bedros Koulian founded it. It's it's a 75-hour thing. But rather than me butchering through it, uh, what is a 60 or 90-second summary of what the project is and what it's for? 
Yeah, so that's that's actually exactly it. The project is a 75-hour um, crucible for men to demonstrate their fortitude and perseverance. They drag you through the pits of hell on earth and and uh, test your limits, your boundaries. They, they uh, I'm going to just put it out bluntly, only the strong survive. Um, right. I think my class... Uh, I forget the numbers exactly. I don't want to lie to you, but I would say somewhere around 25 guys showed up and the graduating class was seven. The seven of us, we, we were pretty tight. We still chat, you know, daily, weekly. Um, one of the guys wound up actually getting a job with Nick Kumulatos, who was a uh, sure. mentor for us. He, he had him as a mentor call and he's also one of the instructors. So, you know, there's uh, it's similar to Apogee where like, you know, we have this network where we can link up and have a, you know, Chad, it, it's another brotherhood. You know, you, right. you go through something with people and uh, create a bond. And sure, sure. Kind of like the military, it's, it's, but different. Yeah, I mean, they'll call it like, it's basically like, if you're going to look at it from a military perspective, I would say it's like a selection process, right? So sure, sure. they're weeding, they're, they're going to weed out the weak. And right. only the strong will get through with the guys that, that their criteria are going to make it through and be part of the gang. Right. So what did that do for your confidence? You know, when you got done and you graduated, I'm sure you went into it expecting to graduate, but were there times during the 75 hours that quitting sounded pretty good to you? I mean, <laughs> so I, you know, a few of the guys that were coming into class 18, they approached me to just ask for some feedback. And I was like, you know, there's going to be a point in time. There's no way around it. As you're going through, you're going to say, what the hell am I doing here? You may not think, Hey, I'm ready to quit, but you're going to question why you're there. And you're going to question what decisions you made leading up to that point. How the hell did I end up here? And, and, um, but it's another part of the project is it's a parallel to life. Right. So, right. Right. In that microcosm of life, you have 75 hours, there's ups and downs, and there's a roller coaster, and it just squished into 75 hours. So the parallels to, to life, right? So that's, I think, why they, why they make it so difficult. Um, there's going to be times in life where you're faced with major adversity and challenges and you know, sometimes expected, unexpected Sometimes you put yourself in the dilemma, you know, the, or it's from outside circumstances, right? So whether or not you're ready for it or prepared for it is going to be a huge factor in how, what the outcome ends up being. So preparedness is obviously important, whether it's training and physical preparedness or mental preparedness for whatever it is you're working on. But in my case, I'm a business owner, so I did a lot of preparation to get to the point where I'm at, whether it was on the job training or school or getting licensed or this and that, there was a lot of things that led up to me being where I am as a man and an adult and how I provide for my family that were hard as hell, whether it's sure. hiring employees, sure. firing employees, getting, you know, having the tumultuous relationships about stress at home because, you know, got bills to pay and, you know, wife is saying, where's the money? You know, you're working all these hours. Where's the money? Where's the money? There's the, right. <laughs> there's a lot of, sure. uh, but, but having that ability to just sit, keep grinding and pushing through and saying, all right, it's hard right now, but 
where's the payoff? The payoff is just past all this hardness, right? So you, so that's kind of what the project is. If you have that ability to push through the challenges and say, I'm not going to allow these setbacks or this adversity to squash me, there's going to be a reward on the other side. And the reward in that case is, you know, you become part of the, you're, you're an MDK brother. Um, I can call the guys in my class. I can reach out to guys that were prior graduates and, you know, tomorrow night when the group that graduates tomorrow, they're going to have dinner and we're all going to be participating, whether we're, there's guys that are actually at the dinner with them or remote on zoom. It's a, it's a network, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. It's tight. Yeah. Yeah. And so a bunch of like-minded men. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. And, that's been one of the core values that we've developed with this podcast is do not suffer alone. And I think that men tend to do that by nature because we're supposed to be strong and tough and asking for help or calling a friend or crying or having a mental breakdown is uh, usually hidden or avoided. And so for you personally, before Apogee and before taking on the project, uh, how did you handle the stresses of life? And honestly, like leading into fatherhood, how do you take what you've achieved in the physical world, whether it's business or the project, and handle some of the difficulties in being a parent? It's a great question. So I'd say prior to getting involved with Apogee, um, I oftentimes went through life with tunnel vision, right? So I have a goal and I kind of just put the blinders on. Everything out here is a distraction and I'm focused on what it is I'm trying to do. And as a result, I would, you typically, my goals, my goals, I, I get to them and I achieve them, but Everything on the perimeter of the goal suffers, you know, whether it's my relationship or um, my health. And to be honest, in the beginning of, you know, I have young kids, they're five and three, Ben and Ella. Um, I would say even like as an early father, as exciting as it all was and as much as I wanted to be present for them, I would say even like my ability to be like the ideal father probably suffered a little bit because I was still honed in on work and business um what apogee has done for me is has paved the way for the uh i think matt uses this term the yes and mindset so yes i'm going to be a good business owner and yes i'm going to be a good leader in the yeah in my business yes i'm going to be a good father yes i'm going to pay attention to my physical fitness and my mental well-being um yes i'm going to be conscious of my diet and be the leader that my family needs, my community needs, my teammates here in the office need. Um, It's, it's broadening your horizons to be able to do all of those things. Yeah. I think tunnel vision is another trait that we have as men. We're competitive, we're driven, we want to achieve something. And that tunnel vision can have benefits but also can have consequences especially if we have a marriage and kids that are counting on us so for somebody listening that might be in the earlier stages of your similar journey 
where they're building a business or they're building something outside of their family, what do you think the first step is for them to start to, like you said, broaden their horizons and really focus on who they are as a father and a husband at home? What's the first step to changing some of those things? I think the intentionality. So there's there's a lot of distractions in our lives nowadays, um, especially with regards to technology, right? Um, it's our greatest asset and our greatest enemy right in the palm of our hands. So, yeah, I'm guilty of this still from time to time. I catch myself just holding my phone and swiping along Instagram or whatever. Something catches me and I'm just wasting time but the um you know being being aware of the hours we have in the day and where our time is going is the main and primary focus that's going to allow you to have a sense of freedom to direct your attention where it needs to be so you know for me what i've learned to do is be very regimented about my sleep schedule. So like, yeah, I go to bed very early. Well, you know, I, I mentioned already, I have young kids. So five and three, they're in bed at eight. And so am I like, <laughs> I go to bed with them and it's lights out. You know, they have their own beds. They're not in bed with me. It's not one of those like, right, right. community beds. <laughs> sure. um, we don't have a family bed, but anyway, we I get them to bed. I go to bed and I'm up at 3 a.m. every day. Um, wow. So sounds a little crazy. But, um, but that being said, I'm up at three, I take the first hour of the day, I hydrate, I get a little some calories in me, I do some, uh, I start meal prepping, I get some chicken in the oven for the rest of the day. Um, and I write down some thoughts and some criteria or schedule, like, clarify some things for the day for me. So, uh, you know, from three to 4am, it's just get my day in order. There's no sure. one else up. It's me by myself. I just kind of internalizing and maintaining a routine between four and six. It's training. So whether like currently I'm doing a, uh, a lot of running, um, just not necessarily training for something in particular, but I have my, I just like to have my legs under me. So I've been running anywhere between 25 and 30 miles a week for the past few weeks. Um, okay. And then I'll come home and do after the run, I'll do a you know light physical uh, session for you know with weight training, and then sure. I have in the shower and it's off to the office. Um, my day starts for business. My day starts at seven a.m. I have sure. a crew of guys. We're ele- we're electricians, so I'm at my desk. My guys are in the office are are in here. I dispatch, get them out in the field, and then it's paperwork for about eight hours. Sure. Sure. calls client client outreach that kind of thing and then it's for, then it's home you know so in the next hour or so i'll be leaving here heading home and it's kids yeah until you know from five to eight they have everything the kids sure. and my wife um now my wife where does she fit into that very regimented schedule right uh right right that's that's a challenge you know we have you know she gets up usually about an hour before the kids. So somewhere in that like last hour, we have some time in the morning uh, before I leave for work. And then um, we do a date night once a week. So Thursday nights, typically um, 
we we have a uh, standing reservation with a local babysitter. And, that's awesome. Uh, that's kind of what you know. We got to just you got to make time and scheduling is scheduling and being regimented about it is, or disciplined about it is really the best answer as far as just, sure. you know, if you just leave everything to kind of a whim and leave it up to like, Oh, I'll get around to it. You'll never get around to it. You got to yes. plan for these things and schedule for them. Sure. I love that. That's, and that's what works for me. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's a common theme between any high level individual business owner that wants to be great in all areas of their life rather than just business or just physical fitness. So physical fitness is a big part of what you do in the mornings. You have that blocked out. In your opinion, why is it important for fathers to be physically fit and have a some type of workout regimen? I think a lot of guys our age kind of say that they've let themselves go or they've got the dad bod and it's kind of this no big deal type of thing. But fitness is a big part right of of being great and so for you what is the importance of that of that time in the morning of training and working out it's critical it's critical if i don't get that in i can't be the best version of myself if i if i skip that um anxious the little things start to get under my skin stuff that should roll off my shoulders especially when you have young children they're going to frustrate you. They're going to do things that make you say, you know, what the heck are you doing right now? Because their be- their benchmark is zero. They have right. zero life experience. So regardless of what it is they're doing, it's it's an experiment, right? Every single sure. thing that they do is an experiment. Now, granted, for the five-year-old, it's starting to be not entirely true. He's got a little bit of experience. He knows the buttons to push now, but... Uh, sure. But so, yeah, you, so, so it's critical, um, is the bottom line. But beyond that, I can relate and empathize with the guy who is struggling to be motivated and struggling to take that first step into doing that physical training and capturing that side of themselves. Cause I've been there. Um, you know, I've, I've been the 225 pound dad who says, I don't have time for, for this. My, you know, I have, you know, I'm running a business. I have kids and you know, where, where does it fit in? But that's where that discipline and that schedule comes into play because sure, um, by, by prioritizing your time and, and fit and, and being disciplined about it, you can absolutely fit these things in. And, you know, it's all about priorities, being intentional about it. So, yeah. So when I say it's critical, like aside from mindset and making sure that I'm physically strong and mentally strong, strong to handle the different things that life throws at you, whether it's at home or in, in you know the professional side of things, it's also just like an energy thing. When you're when you're out of shape and soft and sluggish, your that's your your energy level is going to match that. So when you're getting up and getting to it. Like when I get to the office in the morning, I've been up for four hours already. Yeah. I've worked out already. I've had a couple of cups of coffee. I'm not walking to the office to have a sleep. I'm walking in the office fired up. I'm ready to go. So it's like, sure. let's do this. Take on the day. When I get home from work, 
I still have that gumption, you know, like when the kids are, the kids are like, at the end of the day, they're like, daddy's home. They're ready to play and I'm ready to play with them. I'm not saying, all right, I've been working all day. I need to sit down. Like, no, it's, I got a few hours now. Let's, let's do this. Let's go in the yard. Let's play. Let's play tag or I'll bring out, um, like, uh, cones or this or that, make obstacle courses in the yard, have them jumping and running. Yeah. I want the kids to, um, be able to see me as a, as someone that they can run and play with and sure, not sure. somebody, Oh, daddy's telling me he wants to, let's turn on the TV and veg. Right. You know, right. That would be yeah. That's huge. Easy. So I saw on your Instagram, uh, there was like, you're sharing, there's a, there was a period of time where you were 225 pounds and what did you get down to and how did you lose that weight? So Leading up to the project, I was, I got down to probably 176 pounds. Okay. And um, the weight loss journey started back in October of 22. Okay. Um, I just made a decision to be like health conscious. I was like, I'm going to just watch what I'm eating. I wasn't counting calories or anything. I just was like paying attention and was like, you know, no more fast food. I cut out the drinking, cut out, you know, different things. And a few pounds started to shed off just from, you know, lifestyle change. Um, energy levels started to improve. I, as it, you know, growing up, I was always an athlete. I played sports. So I had a background in training and, you know, physical fitness. So I, uh, just started working that into the, into the regiment, you know? So I, let me, I started yeah using the notes app on the iPhone, jotting down some thoughts and putting in some exercises that I wanted to do. And so it started with diet, then add some exercise. And the next thing you know, Hey, the 225 pound guy is still a little soft in certain spots, but down to 200 pounds and feeling a lot better, you know? And then, and then I got linked up with, battle ready which was like a, a a fitness platform after i signed up for the project which is now part of the agogi the agogi is uh nick kumalazos's platform sure battle ready is byron ovenstone um he was on recently as well so yeah byron is a great guy he uh is a wealth of knowledge he offers tremendous training information and sessions along with uh, dietary guidelines, so nutrition guidelines. He's not going to tell you what to eat, but he's going to give you targets and tell you how to achieve your goals. So as long as you're clear about what your goals are, he's going to map it out for you. Love it. Um, That's awesome. So a guy like a guy like me who's like got a lot going on and wants to hit specific goals and, and has targets, but yeah, I might not have the time or the resources to say, how am I going to hit these in this amount of time? So I still have all my other parts of my life that I have to manage. I'm going to go to somebody who has the key to that city. Sure. In this case, Byron, right? So Byron's able to break it down for me. He does the thinking. He does the the legwork. And I can do my job. And I don't have to think about that. I just have to open the app, go through, and there you go. Sure. Yeah, it shows the power of sticking to a plan. You know, you talked about Absolutely. you you plan your day, you plan your calendar, you're specific, you're time blocking. And, you know, that's the only way to succeed is to do it on purpose, right? With a purpose. And it's awesome because it's 
clear in your fitness world, your business, and you talked a little bit about having an absolute non-negotiable date night with your wife, and then you have non-negotiable time with your kids. So you're nailing all of them, right? Faith, family, finances, and fitness. And so that's great. So that's kind of in a nutshell where you're at in your life now. Uh, Can you share a little bit about what your upbringing was like? Have you always been goal-driven? Have you always had this motivation to be a great dad and great husband? Like as a kid, like what was your life like as a kid? I think I had a pretty good role model in my own father. Yeah. He, uh, so the small business ownership thing. And like, I grew up in a, my, in my household, my dad was a uh, business owner. Him and his brother were business partners. Um, they've been in business since 1979, uh, different line of work. And I, I, I'm an electrical contractor. They're in the clean, uh, like commercial cleaning business. But, uh, so yes, I was not, I was exposed to that type of a lifestyle, that environment. So it wasn't foreign to me. And, uh, my dad was just kind of always there for me, for me, whether it was coaching sports or this or that, you know, listen, just like everybody else, there's things that I learned from him that were positive and great takeaways. And there's things that I look at and I'm like, I got to do a little better there, you know? <laughs> sure. But overall, overall, I have uh, a lot to be thankful for in that regard. Yeah. And that's awesome. And, and I met uh, instructor Nick and Bedros and those guys because I participated in Squire with my son uh, almost a year ago now in November. So one of the things that I really admired about those guys is that they didn't have that role model right? They didn't have a dad pouring into them to show them the way to influence them. And so what would your, but they still made it, right? They still made it in life. They made it in marriage and kids and business. And so the other theme that I'm recognizing with a lot of those type of men is that regardless of your past, you can become great, right? You can become great in fatherhood, marriage, and all of that. So what would your advice be for a guy like us, right, that wants to pursue these things? Maybe he's 30 or 40 years old, but he's still dealing with the effects of not having a great father figure. That's where the intentionality comes in. You have to recognize, I would say, recognize the shortcomings that you, you're clearly like for a guy in that situation, you're going to be aware of them. Like, like I mentioned, there's things that I don't want to get into the d- down and dirty details, but there's things that I could talk about um, in another set and setting that, yeah. yeah, I would, I would never repeat with my kids, you know? Um, sure. It's just, it's not productive and not, uh, and not useful for bringing out the best in people. Right. But for somebody who, you know, I, there's a lot of different types of bad upbringings, right? There's a lot of ways that fathers can drop the ball, whether it's just not being present or, you know, maybe completely out of the picture. They maybe maybe dad left mom. Maybe dad's a workaholic and is never home. Maybe dad's an alcoholic or, you know, a drug addict. Or right. maybe dad's abusive, right? They're physically abusive. There's a lot of different ways that dads can fail. Maybe dad's just lazy and and uh, doesn't didn't show how to be the best version of himself. You know, there's right. a lot of different variables that can come into play. And um, unfortunately, I think in some capacity, 
in the right environment, we are all capable of falling into some of those traps, right? So we have to be very deliberate in our action and aware of where we could, you know, our shortcomings and aware of our strengths and then latch on to those strengths and exploit them. Uh, sure. Listen, a guy like sure. Bedros, that Bedros is a communicator. He's he's physically strong and he's clear about what he's trying to do. His intentions are clear. He comes out and he what, what he says he's going to do, he does. What he thinks he's going to do, he says it and he does it, right? He puts it on paper and he makes it happen. So a guy like that is, you know... <laughs> He sets the bar high. I mean, right. I don't know that all of us can then go out there and be Bedros Coolies. I don't, you know, right. let's, be re- let's be reasonable, right? That's probably not right. going to happen. But but he's definitely uh, demonstrative of what can be done with clear strategic work, right? And, you know, just integrity. Right. Um, so for guys that that came from one of those like turbulent backgrounds, I would say you got to shatter those self-limiting beliefs and not believe that because I came from this background, this is what I am destined to be. So, you know, like dad went to work every day, came home and cracks open the beer and sits on the couch and turns on the TV. And, you know, he left work at work and he came home and Everything's done. I'm, my job's done. I, I, I can. We're gonna pay the bills and skate by it all next week when my paycheck comes in again. Like, don't. That's not where the bar is set. Like, it's up to it's, everybody to set their own bar and realize that hey, there's more to life than this. Absolutely. Um, and you, you kind of answered it got in a different way. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, as far as using, you know, Bedros as a example is if you didn't have an example you know it's important to latch on to those type of guys to hear their story i mean earlier we talked about not suffering alone and i think for those men listening that really did have a crappy upbringing uh they got to get linked up with other men you know what i mean if they didn't learn the example and they might be falling into sort of that victim mentality and they do want to break free of that they got to get linked up with other men, you know, whether it's a small group at church or something more intense like the project or Apogee Strong. It's I think it's so important because they can relearn it. You know, you can relearn even if you're 35, 40 years old, you know, you can learn this stuff. And I think that's important, too. So what do you when you think about your two kids you know they're still young which is awesome because you're in the phase where you know daddy's the hero you know in their mind and in their heart and when they start to get older more like teenagers you have to kind of keep earning that title right you got to kind of level up even more is what i'm learning and so for your kids after if you can imagine you know 20 years from now they're out of the house starting their own families what do you want them to look back on and remember you for? Like dad always fill in the blank. Dad was always ready, willing, and able to do whatever it took. And I'm not going to limit that to one thing. It's just whatever it takes, you know, to be dad, to be the leader, to get them through 
uh, the tough times to bring them into the good times, you know, whatever it might be. Um, adventure seeking, sure. uh, determined dad was, you know, like I love to like, <laughs> we've gone on probably seven family vacations this year, you know, whether they're long weekends or week long things like we're going and doing things. I'm trying to show them new places and they're young and part of it's selfish. You know, I like to get away too. you know, <laughs> mom likes to get away, but, but uh, I want them I want them to know that I was always like, hmm, I want them to remember that I'm there for them. I'm right behind them. I'm in their corner for any situation, good, bad, in between. Dad's there. Awesome. I love that. And so then when we talk about, you know, even when they're out of the house and starting their own families, you're still married, right? We still have our wives, even when our kids are out of the home. So, other than your weekly date night, how do you continue to cultivate a strong marriage? Or or I should say, if, if you consider your marriage strong at this point, how have you guys maintained that? What are some main things that you guys do, how you treat each other that really allow you to have that fulfilling marriage that maybe others aren't doing? Yeah, I think it that comes back to the intentionality, like, especially with young kids, it can be really hard. And uh, yeah, I mentioned like, how regimented my schedule is. And like, and I'm aware of it, like, by the end of the day, there's not a lot of time left for my wife and I on a day to day basis. There really, there really mm-hmm. isn't. And it's in some in some ways, like heartbreaking, right? Because it's like, we started this life together. We brought these kids in and like, they're everything to me. They're everything to her. And how is it that there's not enough time in the day for us? She works as well. So she, so that's part of the, what makes it challenging. But um, what I mean by intentionality is setting that time for the date night. Like, so if we didn't have that two to three hours during the week to just, pour into each other and say, you know, just let each other know where we're at, what's happening in our lives. And like, I let her know what's happening at work. Ben said this, that was funny this week, or Ellen broke my heart when she said this to me, you know, yesterday before I left for work, whatever. (laughs) Um, Sure. Yeah. We just, yeah, we let each other know like where we're at. And, um, and then obviously the weekend. So like, if I don't have to be working on a weekend, I'm, I'm with, my wife and my kids, we spend all of our time together. And, sure. uh, it's, uh, that's, that's just it. I mean, for me, it's, it's not looking to run away, not looking for, I'm not looking for an exit. I'm not looking for a relief valve somewhere. No, I, I want to be with them. Sure. And, but and, I think, and feel mutual, you know? Yeah. I think you're being proactive though, because if you, are telling me that your physical fitness priority in the morning allows you it sounded like earlier it allows you a larger uh threshold for stress really for irritation frustration you know you're not staying up till midnight on netflix and then you know rolling into the office at 7 30 you woke up at seven and you're just setting yourself up for failure 
but you are being rigid, specific, strict, disciplined, and committed to a schedule, to priorities, and you're putting certain priorities ahead of others, and that has its benefits, right? It's 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 yeah. got to be done that way. I think a lot of people are just so reactive to their job or their business or their marriage or their kids. They wait for there's a problem. And then they worry and they're stressed out. They don't know what to do to fix a problem. But it sounds to me like the common theme that I'm hearing in your life is that you prioritize these things so that, you know, they play out the way they should rather than waiting for something to go wrong. You know, like a business. I yeah. mean, in electrical, I'm sure you have a lot of projects that you are setting yourself up for success. You got everything in order, the tools, the materials instead of just winging it. I think I've been guilty of winging it, right, in life. And we know how that goes. So I love it, man. It's uh, it's good to yeah, do this stuff. I, yeah, in business, I've definitely, I've found niches within the market that I can excel at and I can work with my guys. So that it's, I don't want to say repetitive, but, but at the end of the day, it is. So the work, some, a lot of the tasks we do become repetitive, so you know, the guys know that they're going to go from here to here to here, and they're going to do almost the same job at each place. So yeah, we're prepared. And then, you know, but that being said, I do take on some more com complex work and stuff that gets, <laughs> you know, a little outside the ordinary for us. And there's curveballs, there's challenges that come along the way with that. So it's good to have the repetitive or regimented routine oriented things, but at the same time, it's not a bad thing to get involved, to challenge yourself or broaden your horizons either. So but with regard to like, I want to just go back to the marriage thing because you actually have me thinking like, I need to fit some more time in for my wife. <laughs> sure. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Does she, does she have like a, my biggest shortcoming right now. Does she have a workout regimen? Maybe you guys can work out together or. Yeah. So she. She does, she does enjoy, like she enjoys running. Um, it's tough. Like we, you know, we can't leave the kids in the house alone uh, right. yet. So we can't like go out just the two of us for a run without someone to watch the kids. She does follow my lead with the morning. Sometimes she'll get up and like use the treadmill or use the elliptical while I'm working out, um, which I love when she does. Right. And I try to praise her. I try to praise her for the effort, but uh She's not as it's not a it's not a routine, you know. There's nothing regimented about it. We're working on it though. Hopefully, well, I would say you know my kids are between seven and fifteen, so I would say I don't you know I don't have kids of your age, but I did, and I remember those seasons. And when my kids were probably five and three and maybe newborn, I don't think we had a weekly date night scheduled. So I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't beat yourself. I don't think I don't think most men have weekly date nights scheduled. You know, it's funny. I was at Squire program and Steve Eckert was the last guy that I thought would ask this question, but he asked all the dads to pull out their phone, open up their calendar, and he said, "How many of you have a date night scheduled on your calendar right now with your wife? Raise your hand." And I think one guy raised his hand. And I would love to say that that was me, but it was not me. 
because <laughs> even at that point a year ago, we didn't have dates as a priority. And I think it's so important to have that quality of time, even if it's not quantity, because it's so easy to get used to being married and having a wife when you have young kids, it's like divide and conquer constantly. But maintaining that one-on-one time is is huge. Speaking of Steve Ecker, uh, I've been burning to ask you this question. Why does he wear two different shoes? <laughs> oh, you have to go through the uh, you have to go through the process to learn that. Well, then I will it's, never know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a great question though. You should ask him sometime. <laughs> I I forgot to ask him back in November. I tell you what, if he's he's, he's still, I, I I'm I'd love to hear about the squire too. You know, my son's not quite there yet at five, yeah. but it's yeah. Cool. Well, squire was great, and my son and I did it in November. It's from basically five in the morning to I think five at night. So obviously, it's not seventy five hours. It's about twelve, but. We really enjoyed it. I think what it does for boys is it gives them a a taste of manhood. It gives them a huge level of self-confidence when they're done, they graduate and achievement and hardship. And they, you know, they sweat, they may or may not bleed. They may or may not cry. I mean, we had one kid that did the ice bath and he got out after about 30 seconds. He couldn't, he couldn't finish. Everyone else finished, you know, father and son get in together. And this kid got out after about 30 seconds. And four hours later, he walked up to Bedros on his own and asked if he could redo it. And Bedros is like, yeah, for sure. We have to add some more ice though, because it's kind of melted. So the dad is <laughs> doing it again. And so this kid, he was one of the younger ones too. He was probably only 11 or 12. He got in the ice bath for three minutes with his dad and the whole entire group surrounded him and cheered him on and he did it. He finished. And so, that's amazing. you know, we shouldn't let our boys wait until they're men to feel like men. You know what I mean? We have to create an environment for our boys to be challenged to feel some stress, to feel some resistance because certainly it's life, you know, like you're saying earlier, the project is just a metaphor for life. It's going to smack you in the face. It's going to knock you down and we have to create that strength. I know another thing that I'm learning in this journey is the, the masculinity of men is being taken out. It's being watered down or um, treated as a bad thing. And yeah, we're being demonized. Yeah, it has to be brought back, man. And I love what you describe on your page. You talk about being a savage servant. And, you know, I've always had a servant's heart. I love to serve, I love to help people. But tell me what savage servant means to you. <laughs> well, it's embracing masculinity as a man, right? But that doesn't mean that women can't be savage servants. But at the same time, it's not forgetting that we have a community and that there's people in need and that as a man, one of your responsibilities is to step up and provide 
whether it's for your family or your community or your community, whether it's a church group or apogee, the people that are close to you, when you when you're called to serve, you better step up. So lead when called upon and follow when you must. Um, that's probably the long and short of it. So, you know, in my case, at the the baseline of it is, you know, my calling is to lead my family. So on a microcosm of it, got to be the best dad I can for my kids and the best husband I can for my wife. And that starts with being disciplined. Um, yeah, it's leading by it, example. Yeah, that's probably really the entire summary of what our role should be as a man is to lead. And if we can't lead ourselves in physical fitness, managing our finances, paying attention to what we eat, what we consume, and how do we expect to lead others, lead our kids, lead our wife? And so I think, and Bedros talks about this all the time, but the masculinity is lacking, the leadership is lacking, the self-confidence is lacking. And so men often don't lead because they don't trust themselves. There's nothing to of substance for them to give to others because they know that they haven't put in the work. So it's like this subconscious battle where you know you're supposed to lead, but you're honest enough with yourself to know that you're not a leader, you haven't been a leader. So I think the message that you're giving us and confirming is that you have to first lead yourself. And Correct. It's 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 hard, but it's required, right? Yeah, it starts right in here and right in here. You got to, between your heart and your head, your heart and your brains, you got to get the two in line with each other and you got to do the work. Right. So one of the uh one thing that's really like resonated with me since the, pro- the completing the project is uh will branham's uh thing he has yeah his company is called uh naked warrior or something but um hit n- naked right so that's a uh acronym for never quit accept failure kill mediocrity expose weakness and do the work and that final portion there do the work right wow that's what it that's the hard part but it's also the emphasis right you can be aware of all those other things like you know never quit obviously right accept failure like we're going to fail at some point in some in some way you got to be willing you got to be aware of the fact that that's inevitable and accept it and then Go back to never quitting. Doesn't just because you had a failure. It's, it's a setback. It's not a punctuation, right? Kill mediocrity. Um, there's no room for that, right? <laughs> right. If you want to be great, you got to kill mediocrity. Yeah. Um, expose weakness. So, like, you know, what are our weaknesses? Like, um, one of my biggest weaknesses is procrastinating. Like, I love to just wait and wait and wait. And wait until the pressure builds. Like, no, I got to get this done. And then I go crazy. And I'm like, and then I become a madman. And it's, you know, right. And uh, that's, you know, see, I'm aware of it though. And I, and I work on it. That's where the, the schedule comes into play. Like I try to really just 
tackle that and bury it. But you know, it sneaks up, it creeps in here and there. But then you know, do the work, right? So, and whatever that might be. So, for you, you're podcasting, right? You're here. We're we're on this call. You're doing the work. You're reaching out to people. You're doing the legwork. You're coordinating, and you make it happen. Um, for me, it's discipline. It's day in and day out. I get up. I do this. I do A, B, and C, and then I'm off to the office. And it's it's just consistency and and uh, not letting the boring details keep you from from doing what needs to be done i love it man do the work yeah, yeah. I, I do yeah. That, has, that has stuck with me that has yeah. stuck with me and i'll uh i'll bring that one to the grave with me absolutely and it really is it could be that acronym could be somebody's core values you know we talk about i think it was instructor matt schneider at squire that talked about core values and he did something similar to Steve. He's like, raise your hand if you know your core values. And, you know, like two guys raised their hand, but they didn't really know what the question meant. And the more we dig into this, this journey, it really, because I like, I think a lot of dads want to be everything to everyone and they want to be great and wonderful in so many different ways, but it really should come down to your core values, because those are your non-negotiables. And so what you just shared could honestly be somebody's, you know, core values is, ne you know, never quitting, accepting failure, killing mediocrity or average, exposing the weakness and doing the work. I mean, that's, that's a whole recipe. That's a whole book, right? That's, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's great. And then the other things I wrote down is, you know, having that non-negotiable date night with your wife, having intentionality with your schedule and your calendar, making fitness our priority. And as men, you know, it's okay to go to a guy's night, go to a poker night, you know, go hunting, go fishing. We should do those things. But if we're always looking for an escape or like you said, a relief valve, then we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing? Because if we have children, they deserve our best. And that's the whole reason this podcast exists is to help men and husbands and fathers be the best dad they possibly can. And you're doing that, Lou. So well done, <laughs> right? If you can get through the project, yeah. then you can get through, uh, you know, sleep training, potty training. You can get through anything. <laughs> so and I think that stuff might be tougher once every, every right. once in a while. Right. It is true. I think men can sometimes, you know, go through the military or boot camp before they can get up with a sleeping baby six times in the night. So, but man, I think yeah. great, great men make great fathers. And so this is, uh, this has been great. Another resource I want to throw out there since we're talking about Bedros is, uh, Bedros Koolian has a book called Man Up. And I think those of you oh, yeah. that are listening, uh, that want to, change the direction that you're going. Uh, that book is a great resource. And of course, the the Bedros Koolian show on Spotify or other platforms has been awesome. I listen to that every time I mow the lawn or go for a run. And he's always giving great content. And we've, we've both personally benefited from, from Bedros and from Matt Bodro. Uh, for those listening, you got to check out uh, Matt Bodro on Instagram and start listening to what that guy has to say because that guy is one of the greatest mentors i've had in my life 
So it just shows the power of, you know, seeking people out. Yeah. Matt's a uh, fearless leader. He's, uh, he, he knows what arena he is in. He knows the punches that are, he's going to take and, um, it doesn't stop him. And Pedros is, (laughs) Pedros is the same type of guy. I mean, look at how polarizing these guys are when you're polarizing like that. It's, yeah, your message is strong. So don't be afraid of a strong message. Um, that's definitely like as I move forward and whatever my next chapter of life is going to be is to iron out those core values and realize that when you are crystal clear about where you stand in this life, it's going to bring a level of polarization to the way that you are. And sure, some people are going to love it and others are going to cringe and others are going to hate it. And that's right. okay. You got to stand, you got to stick to your guns and, and uh and go after things that can't you know and and listen that consistency that they that they demonstrate is what a real leader will do so yeah you're right man up was a great book yeah up was a great book um for sure yeah and it's one that's worth revisiting lou i really appreciate you know spending the time i appreciate what you're doing as a father and uh just just lead as many other men as you can man because we uh we are both like-minded and we're both trying to achieve the same thing so well done and uh keep going thanks for having me on today thank you for listening to the fathers of greatness podcast if this has inspired you please be sure to share it with three to five people until next time thanks for listening